This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome to War Room Battleground. It's Wednesday, the 31st of August, the year of our Lord, 2022. Tonight, we're doing a pre-bottle on the president's address to the nation, Joe Biden's address to the nation. The regime head uh, is going to give a talk on MAGA as a fascist or semi-fascist uh, to try to divert from all the problems we have in this country caused by his regime. And we're, we're going to go around all the way from New Hampshire to Arizona to California, everywhere. I want to start in New Hampshire, the Granite State. Caroline Levitt is running for Congress in the Republican primary. It's a dead heat right now with Caroline and her opponent. Caroline worked for both Elise Stefanik and she worked at the White House on the staff. Um, and she's now a candidate. It's a dead heat. Uh, Caroline, thank you. The question we have for you is uh, Joe Biden's calling MAGA a, a fascist movement. The populist movement uh, is uh, is what's wrong with this country. As you've gone around over the last year and campaign gone door to door to the towns and villages in New Hampshire, wh what have you found about what people think about Joe Biden and his administration? Well, I will tell you, when I'm talking to voters every single day, they are not only disappointed in this Democrat regime, they are completely disgusted by it, Steve, because they see that these corrupt Democrats in Washington are using their power to destroy our country and destroy our lives. And I see a lot of Republican candidates across this country and in my own race here in New Hampshire talking about solutions to the war on our energy independence, solutions to the illegal invasion on in our southern border, to solutions to the economic crisis that we are all facing and feeling in our pocketbooks every day. But what we as Republicans need to be speaking about more is the reason that the regime is waging this war on our country. They want complete power and control over what we eat, how we harvest our crops, what we drive, how far we can go. This is a communism takeover of America, and they are doing it as rapidly as they can to, before they know we're going to take back the House this year, to push us further into socialism as quickly as they can before we take back this house. And so that's what I speak with voters every day. I say, look, I'm going to be an America first fighting voice for you in Congress. And I'm also going to call out the reasons and the corruption for this administration's policies. And voters are disgusted by it and they understand. And I truly believe that's why we're going to win this race in 12 days. Um, the, um, when they talk about the economy, when people talk about the economy and, and how the economy is, what do they uh, what do they say to you? As you go around, you know, shaking hands, going door to door. When you talk about the Biden economy, what, what are their specific highlights to you as someone that they're weighing and measuring uh, representing them in Washington, D.C.? 
Well, I'm really proud to have the support of our business community here in New Hampshire. It's a small, small business community. We're a small state. And all of these folks who are working so hard to, pro to provide for our local economy and provide jobs for our hardworking citizens are expressing the same concerns to me. First, it's the record high inflation. And as we all know, this is coming directly from the socialist spending sprees that the Democrat regime has been pushing. And for good reason, right? They want us all hooked on the government. They want to shut down small businesses. And they they want to squeeze the middle class. And so profit margins for our small business community are becoming increasingly slim. Secondly, we have a major labor crisis in our state of New Hampshire. Every business owner I speak with, regardless of industry, hospitality, the restaurant business, it doesn't matter. They cannot find enough American labor and help. And I believe that's because the Democrats are absolutely destroying the culture of work that we've incentivized in this country since its founding, especially amongst young people. There's my generation, Generation Z, is lacking all personal responsibility and policies like wiping away student debt are what propagate this sense of, or lack of personal responsibility rather. So the inflation and the labor crisis are two issues we have to get under control. And it starts by stopping the unmitigating and uncontrolled spending and passing a truly balanced budget and not shipping billions of dollars over to the country of Ukraine to secure their border when we're not even spending our tax dollars to secure our own. Caroline, how do people find out this race is uh, what takes place in what, 13 days? It's on September 13th, the primary. When, uh, where do people go to find out more about it? Because all the polling shows us is basically a dead heat, correct? That is correct. This is a two horse race. It's a dead heat tie between myself and my establishment handpicked opponent, Matt Mowers. Matt Mowers was our nominee in 2020, and he already proved to us he cannot win in a general election fight. We need an America first fighter. New Hampshire is my home, Steve. I grew up here in a small business family who is suffering due to the consequences of this administration. I went to our public schools. I graduated from our higher education university system here in New Hampshire. This is personal to me, and that's why I'm in this fight, and that's why it's a dead heat race, because I've been outworking my opponent, Matt Mowers, every single day. He moved to our state to run Chris Christie's presidential campaign. We deserve better. We need a fighter, and that's why I'm in this race. I need the support of your posse, though. Because Kevin McCarthy and the establishment are pumping millions of dollars to keep Matt Mowers afloat and stop my momentum. But we're not going to let down. We're going to put our pedal to the metal even more. We're going to win in 13 days. So please go to my website, carolineforcongress.com. It's right behind me, Caroline with a K. Oh, this way. Caroline for Congress, Caroline with a K. I'm on Twitter, Getter, True Social, Facebook, Instagram. Folks can reach out to me personally. I would appreciate their vote and their support if they're not here in New Hampshire to vote for me on the 13th of September. Caroline Levitt, uh, fight on. Look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you, Steve. From the, uh, from the Granite State, the live free or die, let's go to Kansas, the heartland of this country. Running for Attorney General joins us by phone now, Chris Kobach. Chris, we're doing a pre-buttle tonight uh, with going across the country with different candidates and people that have been candidates uh, and talking about Biden's going to get on the stage tomorrow night. The president's going to get on stage. He's going to talk about um, that MAGA is a semi-fascist movement, uh, that MAGA is what's wrong with the country, that these MAGA Republicans are, are, have got it totally wrong about the country. At running for attorney general, what do you see your job as representing the people of Kansas vis-a-vis uh, in, in, uh, -vis the Biden administration or what we refer to here as the Biden regime? Well, Steve, I'd say this uh, in pre to Biden. Look, MAGA 
is what is defending this Constitution. The Biden administration and the radical left before Biden have been tearing down in some cases, eroding in other cases, clear constitutional provisions, limits on government power, um, our Second Amendment rights, our property rights. You just go down the list, uh, our free speech rights. And the attorneys general, there are some red state attorneys general who have been the only line of defense for the past year and three quarters, because, of course, since we don't since Republicans don't control either house right now, uh, the only uh, defense of any significance that we've been able to mount is by lawsuits brought by red state attorneys general, almost all of them brought by Ken Paxton. And that gets to my race. Um, If I'm blessed to win this thing uh, on, on November 8th, I will be bringing Kansas's resources to the battlefield to add additional lawsuits against Biden. There's only so much weight Texas can carry on its shoulder and uh, Kansas is going to be standing side by side with Texas. And, you know, if you you want, I could name a a bunch of suits I anticipate we're going to have to bring because the Biden administration is just violating the Constitution. Well, one that just came up that is another clearly illegal act by President Biden is this forgiveness of student loans. Uh, He has no authority as an executive to essentially appropriate federal funds to give a bailout to people who made the decision, in some cases irresponsible, to uh, take on a a great deal of student debt, while many other people either chose not to go to college or saved money or worked their way through college and did not accumulate a student debt. And he he simply doesn't have the, there's no statute that conveys to him the authority to, uh, to, to do this. And it is Congress that, that appropriates funds. It is Congress that taxes. And the, uh, if, if uh, we don't see some plaintiff stepping forward soon, um, when I'm attorney general, I'll be leading a coalition of states to sue Biden on this issue. And it is a, this is, in many ways, what's wrong with the left. I mean, there are many examples. But that, that single issue, he's doing it without power, and he's doing it to reward those uh, who have not made responsible decisions. You mean, in other words, the, 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 what he does is is uh, is cater to interest groups, and in doing that, uh, whether it's the illegal, um, it's the invasion of our border, uh, what he's doing, everything there with Title Forty Two, uh, looking the other way in the invasion, or here he's doing in um, uh, with the student dose. Why aren't more AGs not? Why are more AGs not stepping up and and having Paxton's uh, back on this? Um. You know, I, there, there are others. I wouldn't say it's just Paxton. Obviously, uh, West Virginia uh, brought a great case against the EPA. Uh, Missouri has been stepping up. Arizona has been stepping up and Alabama. So there are a few other states. But really, it should be every red state, Steve. And, you know, to answer your question, I, I don't know. In, so, in some instances, it might be that the attorney general just doesn't have the stomach for a fight. And, and, and a fight against the Justice Department is one against an, an opponent who has a ton of resources. Um, but whatever the reasons are, uh, Kansas will be joining the battle with every ounce of energy and resources we have because that we have available, uh, because we have to absolutely have to defend the constitution. And we have, the states are really the only line of defense right now until we take a house of Congress, uh, where we can actually grind the Biden administration to a halt in court. Uh, where, where quickly, as you compare and contrast for the people of Kansas, you versus your uh, opponent, what would be the what would be your most uh, succinct and powerful answer? The difference between Chris Kobach and who you're running against for Attorney General of Kansas? 
I can give you a very succinct answer, Steve, and that is uh, my opponent, a Democrat by the name of Chris Mann, uh, he recently said in an interview, he was asked what he, what he thought about defending Kansas's pro-life laws, the ones that remain on the books. And he said he will not use the resources, he, in his words, waste the resources of the attorney general's office, in his words, attacking the rights of women. Well, the attorney general of Kansas and of every state has an obligation under law to defend every statute that is attacked, whether you like it or not. And in my case, I will be defending every statute that is attacked by anyone, whether it's the ACLU or Planned Parenthood or you name it. And when the Biden administration uh, violates the Constitution or federal statute, I will go on offense like Texas has done. So there's a just a contrast night and day between me and uh, my Democrat opponent. But it's a this is a race that people should take note of, uh, because if, if uh, you know, God forbid I lose, uh, we will have a really, really hardcore leftist AG. And if I win, uh, we will have someone who will be bringing the fight to Biden and Kansas no, in we governor's need... races and Kansas in governors and AG yeah. races. Kansas is very close. No, Kansas is vital. And uh, we need somebody defending the Constitution in Kansas. Chris, how do people find out more about you and how they get to your website to find out more about your campaign? Yeah, they can go to the website at K-R-I-S-K-O-B-A-C-H dot com. So Chris Kobach dot com, Chris with a K. And uh, yeah, they can find out there. And if people want to support, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a big fight in this race. Chris Kobach, honored to have you on here. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Steve. From New Hampshire to Kansas. From New Hampshire to Kansas, now to the great state of Arizona, Andy Biggs, Arizona 5. Um, Andy, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Biden is going to give a a speech to the nation. He's talking about MAGA being semi-fascist, that the problem in the country is not his policies, but the problem in the country is because of MAGA Republicans. Um, You are on a uh, a frontline congressman in in so many different legislative initiatives, but you also represent a state that's a frontline on the border. What would be your pre-buttle to, to uh, Joe Biden when he addresses the nation tomorrow and says the problem in the country is not his policies. The problem in the country is is the MAGA Republicans, sir. Yeah. First step is take a look at the border and listen to Chief Ortiz in that deposition say, hey, we didn't have this problem before. We've got the problem now. I would say, come on down to the border, Mr. President. Uh, let's go talk to the men and women of the border patrol um, and if you ask them candidly i'm sure they will tell you that if you reinstate mpp enforce title 42 finish the wall move a pell- uh, move the immigration judges down to the border you'll solve this problem almost immediately if you start enforcing the law you will solve the border problem and uh, the reality is steve he doesn't want to solve the border problem he is content with it he caused it it was done deliberately, and he's pleased with the results. So I would first attack him there, and then then we could start talking about uh, gas and energy and um, uh, you know the inflation rate that's going to continue to go up uh, under his policies. The high crime rates around the country, uh, kids dying because of fentanyl through the border, uh, the sex trafficking that's going on, the inhumanity perpetuated on people coming across the border uh, 
you know, Steve, there is so much to attack him on. And all he's going to talk about is he's going to use ad hominem attacks to say that we're some kind of uh, pseudo fascist. Um, in reality, he's the guy that is an authoritarian. And there's so much to say. I mean, he's the one who's trying to forgive $300 billion to a trillion dollars in student loan debt. That's that's the guy. And uh, you and I both know. Chris, Chris, Co- Chris, Kobach, Chris Kobach just told us. Chris Kobach, who's running for AG at Kansas, started his uh, his talk off in the pre-bottle by saying that's unconstitutional. Not is unconstitutional. It's illegal. He doesn't think Biden yeah. it comes close to having the power. To, 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 do you agree with that? A hundred percent. There is nothing. It certainly isn't constitutional. And then there is no statutory uh, basis for him to be able to do it. And I, I will I will use. Um, that paragon of legal understanding, Nancy Pelosi, who herself said uh, last year, he has absolutely no right to forgive debt, even under the emergency clause and and the emergency statutes and the emergency authority given to him by Nancy Pelosi's left-wingers in Congress. She herself agrees, and I think it's illegal. Andy, when you go back to your district, um, and I know because you guys are you're in Arizona, so the border's a big deal. What are the top things that are on people's minds when you go around and you talk to them? What are they telling you when they talk about Joe Biden and his administration? They they always bring up number one the border here. I mean that is huge. Uh, secondarily, they they start talking about energy costs, and they remember Americans are smart. They remember that. It was the fact that it's gone down a dollar a gallon here in Arizona in the last two months. It's still over two dollars a gallon more than it was under President Trump. So they remember that. They remember the inflation. They remember uh, what's happening on the border. They they uh, we're all starting to find that we know people who have been injured or harmed or killed even by the fentanyl crisis, the opioid crisis coming through. They they will mention invariably the weakness that Biden has projected on the international stage, uh, that comes up routinely. Um, so, uh, and I can't forget this too, because this is a top four issue as well. They will start talking about men in women's locker rooms or men in women's sports, boys and girls sports in high school and, and, and younger. They don't want that. It is inconsistent with the ideals and values of our district. Um, how are the, how's it going to play when he's going to take, I, I think it's two thirds of the nation, but let's say it's half the nation who are Trump supporters, uh, Trump voters, MAGA deplorables, America first. How is it going to be? Cause he just said the other night last, uh, the other night in Pennsylvania about, uh, people that, uh, that, that have guns and, 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 uh, believe in the second amendment, right? He totally trashed them in a national audience to the degree that I've never seen a president do. When he gets up there tomorrow and his whole speech is just hammering half the nation, where do you think we go from there? Well, when he starts uh, attacking like that, and he's unhinged, he becomes unhinged. So when let's say he attacks the Second Amendment. I know in my district that uh, 100% of the Republicans are pro-Second Amendment. Uh, you might have one or 2% that are a little bit squishy on that, uh, you know, but 
you actually have Democrats and the majority of independents here in this state who, when they hear the kind of uh, over-the-top rhetoric of Joe Biden, they they get concerned about the Second Amendment. But it, but then they start extrapolating that and say, but wait a second, he's over-the-top attacking. He's saying the things that, that we didn't ever think he would say. We didn't think he would uh, threaten to bring in F-15s against gun owners. We didn't think that he was going to call anybody that disagreed with him uh, a pseudo-fascist. We didn't think that he was going to basically uh, be this kind of mean, vicious guy. And so they 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 get it. They get it. He's not this grandpa type that they thought he would be. He's this vicious left-wing authoritarian type. And I think most Americans are beginning to see it. The question is, ultimately, Steve, Will they vote that way? And will they remember that uh, the left, the Democrats, are trying to walk hand in glove with him uh, and take us into a, a kind of uh, authoritarian state and authoritarian regime? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're one of the people that have said you believe he's violated the Constitution and his oath of office enough that you think you ought to be impeached, at least on the border, because you're saying these are these are actions he did consciously. Walk us through that for a second. In this pre-bottle, you actually think that the guy's going to stand up there tomorrow should actually be impeached. One of the first orders of business should be real investigations, either into Hunter's laptop, uh, what went down uh, on his watch in Afghanistan, what went down with with Fauci and 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 the and the vaccine and all that, and then most importantly the southern border. So walk me through when you say that. Hey, I, I'm I'm at the forefront of impeaching Joe Biden. What does that mean? It means that a year ago I signed on to impeachment resolution um, because of the border. We were using the border because by then uh, we'd gone six months and it was no longer, you couldn't say this is, maybe it's incompetence. So you look back how he campaigned. He campaigned on opening the border. He came in and he changed the policies so that the border would be open and cause danger. So so I, I view all of this as being willful. He allowed his Secretary of Homeland Security to tell ICE that even though there's a million plus individuals who've had due process and removal orders, he he allowed his secretary to tell ICE, you will not enforce them. You will let those people go, even though they're required to leave the country. He has basically allowed um, and facilitated people from every country in the world to come to this nation, including terrorists, criminals. Uh, he has scuttled arrangements and agreements we had with Northern Triangle states. Um, so all of that's intentional. And and then the other issues that you're talking about are also intentional. So if the way this process works is we come through and we, we introduce those articles. They're assigned. We hear it in the Judiciary Committee. We uh, uh, expose it to the, the whole body. They vote on it uh, to go forward. And then we, we have the House impeachment hearing. And once that's done, uh, then it goes over to the Senate. The Senate will never remove Steve. They're not going to convict these people because it takes it takes 67, that supermajority. But what it will do is it will um, actually hopefully bring some uh, serious uh, reflection on the part of this administration on the path that they want to go. And then you got to you got to include Mayorkas in that, at least Mayorkas. Uh, because he's been involved and he's he's basically turned this country upside down on our border. 
You're saying you're saying to impeach Mayorkas as DHS. Andy, yes. uh, how do uh, Congressman Biggs? How do people uh, get to you on social media? But how do they get to you also for your campaign uh, to find out more about you and if they want to support you? They want to go to BiggsForCongress.com and link to my America First plan, and that will give a lot of details here. Um, and of course, you can go to at Rep Andy Biggs AZ, and that's going to give you some uh, uh, the social media connections too. Congressman Biggs, you've been a real fighter, and uh, I think people are looking to you on this impeachment issue uh, after we win the sweeping victory in November. But everybody's got to get out. We've got to make sure we have a massive wave of voting. We've got to take 50, 60, 70 seats. Uh, everything should be within a grasp, given what he's done to the economy and what he's done to the southern border. Congressman Biggs, thank you so much for joining us tonight for our pre-bottle of Joe Biden's uh, speech tomorrow. Thanks, Steve. Great to be with you always. Thank you. Let's go to California. We have Peter Hernandez. Peter is running in California 18. Peter, you wrote a great piece that I wish Joe Biden would read. I think it was on town hall about wokeism is not Latino. Wokeism is not Hispanic. Uh, walk us through that. Is If you had a chance to tell Joe Biden something before he made his speech, because he's coming at you, Peter, and saying, hey, you've been hoodwinked uh, by these white nationalists. You're just part of a semi-fascist uh, movement. So tell us about, give us, a, we got about a minute before we go to break. Give me the headlines of your, of your piece in town hall. Well, the basic elements of uh, my article has to do with, one is the grievance culture, the sentiment that somehow you, uh, you have to use your minority status as, as really as more as a, as a, a place of being downtrodden instead of something to be proud of, you should actually be to a certain extent ashamed because you're you're looked down upon and the reality is of the latino culture it's 100 percent the opposite we're proud of where we came from we're proud of who we are and we uh we don't need anybody to make excuses for us we're ready to work we're hardworking people and i would say the other element is just the confusion right the the uh you know the folks that, that try to supplant terminologies where you, now you can't even define genders and the confusion is supposed to be something that we just adopt it's not even within our language, right? I, I mentioned in the article that the language is specific to, uh, to, to terms that are male and female, right? So we don't like confusion in any form. Uh, I don't think any culture likes it, but definitely not in the Latino culture. We're proud of the fact that that's, there's specific terms in our language that reference what it, you know, clarity, right? So I mentioned in the article also that I grew up as a kid where my mom actually told me I'm not Cristiano. I, t I tell you, Peter, I want to hold that story. I want to hold that story till we get back. We're going to take a short break. Peter Hernandez joins us in California. In the first half of the show, we went all the way coast to coast, New Hampshire to California. We're going to take a short commercial break. Be back. Also going to go down to Georgia and to Minnesota. We've got Royce White and uh, Vernon Jones next with Peter Hernandez. Short commercial break. Be back in a moment. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. 
it is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, If you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. We got Peter Hernandez. We're also going to have Vernon Jones. We got Jim Bognett in Pennsylvania, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Vernon Jones in Georgia. Uh, Peter, t- finish the story about your mom. I think this thing is very illustrative. So tell us the story about your mom. So my, my mother, uh, God bless her soul, she had obviously a lot more wisdom than I did as a kid. And she uh, she made it clear. She wanted us to remember where we came from. She wanted us to secure our, our language, our, our Latino or Spanish language. You know, she knew growing up in America, I would speak English. I would speak the, you know, the universal language in this country. So she wanted to make sure that when I spoke in my home, I only spoke Spanish because she didn't want me to forget. So she would tell me, hablan cristiano, and she'd use a nice uh, colorful word after that because she would catch me at times speaking in English and she would, you know, get upset at me. And she didn't, she wasn't stop trying to stop me from speaking English. She just wanted to make sure that I secured, uh, that I remembered where we came from. So the long and short of it all is, is once she told me after the fact, she's like, you have to understand, son, that we have a very, we have a very clear language. There's a lot of terms that are not just male and female, but they're specific, right? They give clarity to, to language. They give clarity to expression. And ultimately it creates an opportunity for good dialogue and obviously a tradition and a culture that makes us proud just the same. So she she emphasized that and it basically reminded me is clarity is a part of who we are, just the same as our culture and our background. And she was proud of that. And so am I. It's something that 
now now being able to dialogue in both both languages and Espanol and Inglés, um, I'm proud of the fact that I can articulate, I think, even more clear than, than some of my progressive friends. What, what Biden is going to say tomorrow is that the entire Hispanic and Latino community should be progressives and, and big government progressives like himself. Give me a minute or two of what would be your counter argument to him uh, for the Hispanic and Latino community. Progressivism has nothing to do with progress. It has to do with failure. It has to do with making excuses and actually avoids the reality of what success looks like, right? You don't build a, a foundation on on a shaky ground, right? When when the ground under you is basically very unstable, if we can't even speak to one another, wokeism in and of itself, the grievance culture, they want reparations, they want all these, it's like looking in the past and basically regretting instead of looking to what you could have learned and grown up and in the Latino culture, we haven't had an easy life. Things are hard, right? There's a lot of minorities that that uh, um, you know that have struggled in in this new country. But just the same, I know so many success stories because they took you know the culture itself wouldn't allow itself to uh, to make excuses for itself. And we found ourselves very very proud of not just the fact that we've built businesses, been part of the innovative and the entrepreneurial spirit of this country, which the progressive mindset is looking to to actually restrict, right? If you think about the regulatory process that's restricted uh, minority communities from being successful, instead of creating opportunity, all they do is create um, literally not just a grievance culture, but a, a culture that's dependent. And that dependency element has destroyed our, our minority communities. Peter, you're in a very tough race out there and California is a tough state for MAGA right now. Although I keep saying we got to take California back. How do people get to you on social media and how they get to your website to find out more about you and more about this campaign you're mounting? So um, my website is HernandezForCongress.com. Um, just remember, I'm the brown and proud taco-eating Republican. So I'm going to, you know, you're, you're going to be able to get a hold of me through my social media norms. Also, I have at HernandezForCongress on Instagram and at HernandezCA18 uh, on Twitter. So please call me and uh, reach out, donate. We, we're this is a very heavy race, Democrat, but they was it was definitely made for a Latino, but it they you know Democrat, but uh, they they got the Latino, but they didn't get the Democrat in this race. <laughs> what they got, what we got, is a fighter, and that's what we wanted. Peter Hernandez, honored to have you on here, sir. Great piece in Town Hall. We're going to get it up on the War Room site. Appreciate it. God bless you. Okay, let's go to Vernon Jones. Uh, Vernon, uh, brother, tomorrow night you've seen you're a Southern Democrat that that came and changed over to be MAGA Republican. Uh, the speech is really to, to you, particularly you're an apostate, right? You're an apostate with uh, with um, with being a former a Southern Democrat. So, what is your pre butter? What would you tell? What would you tell um, Joe Biden? Because he's going to sit there and go, "Hey, the problem of the country." is the MAGA Republicans. And this MAGA movement is uh, semi-fascist. Uh, and the guys like uh, Royce White and Vernon Jones uh, and Peter Hernandez, they're the worst because uh, they're in groups that, that we have uh, taken care of forever. And now they see a chance to, to grift off of this movement. They've gone over there. So what would be your pre-buttle to, uh, to Joe Biden, sir? Well, well first of all, uh, this is extreme uh, political rhetoric coming from the far left wing of the Democratic Party with no basis and no facts. Um, Joe Biden has to understand uh, 
that we know that he has no clear direction for this country. His policies are failing. He's turning people against one another. And they're trying to use uh, President Trump as a scapegoat, when in fact, the real boogeyman is none other than Joe Biden. Joe Biden has destroyed this country. Everything he touches turns to crap. Um, here in Georgia, he can't even come to show his face in Georgia with his own party uh, sitting members of Congress wanting to go and join him. Matter of fact, Stacey Abrams is even running away from him. Um, uh, Joe Biden is extreme. He now he's being hijacked by that far left. They have an agenda now. Let's attack Donald Trump. He's not even in office. He's not running against John, Donald, Donald uh, uh, President uh, uh, Trump. But you would think he is running against President Trump. I guess because they know President Trump is coming. But uh, this is a game. This is a whole game plan by the Democratic Party. They have no real agenda to move America forward. They're using the liberal media to keep Donald Trump's name out there as a drumbeat uh, with the raid and all the, the misinformation that they're putting forth. When in fact, real voters are realizing they didn't pay uh, $5 for gasoline two years ago. Uh, they could go to local stores and get materials and supplies because the shelves were stocked two years ago. They know that two years ago, our borders were not being overrun. And you didn't, you certainly didn't have mayors in New York City and DC crying because too many illegals are being dumped off in their neighborhoods. Uh, so when people start to look at what really is going on in their lives, their pocketbooks, when you see where you wanna give free money uh, to those who, who got college loans and many others who didn't go to college or couldn't go to college, they're not getting anything. It's just, it's just a mess. Stephen, I just do not believe uh, in November that that anybody in their right mind would want would want to see uh, the the Democrats still control any of the either of the uh, houses in Washington. There's going to be, without a doubt, a takeover, a hostile takeover from the voters, and we're going to set this country back in the right direction. So, your theory of the case is, given his record so bad, they never want to bring up the record. You don't want to talk about. Uh, the inflation. He doesn't want to talk about the drop in home prices. Very quickly, we're going to have big time unemployment. He doesn't want to talk about any of that. What they want to do is basically turn it back and make it about Trump and make it about what, what they're calling domestic uh, terrorism and, and extremism. Is that is that the point you're making? Oh, yeah. They're using Trump as the boogeyman. No question about it. The liberal media is doing it. Big tech is doing it. They all are doing it. But in fact, when you ask American, the average American person, what's hurting them? Trump's policies or Joe Biden's, Trump's past policies or Joe Biden's current policies? See, their key is to keep Trump's name out there. That's their campaign strategy. The Democrats have no agenda. They have no other pathway to victory. They don't have a solid record that they can talk about that makes sense. You and I both know that the Reduction Action Act was really a, a, a I wanted to say something else, but I won't say it on, on air, but it is not helping the American people at all. And so people can see through this. But I would advise Republicans to run on how things were when the Republicans was in charge of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, when Donald Trump had us at record low unemployment, when Donald Trump had gas prices low, we were independent in terms of energy. Uh, he stood up to Rocket Man and to the chairman of, of, of China. Iran didn't have the sweetheart deal that, that John Kerry and others trying to give back to Iran. I mean, we were solid. We were moving in the right direction. And Republicans need to get out there and talk about that. Compare the two. Compare the records because Joe Biden has no record. And again, the media is going to use President Trump. From now on, I can tell you right now, they're going to use President Trump 
as their campaign strategy to help Democrats win in November. And if that were not the case, why are so many afraid or want, I should say, Donald Trump to announce he's going to run for president before November? Because they feel like that's something that would energize the Democratic Party's base to get them to come out. Because Joe Biden sure can't energize anybody. Um, he has no energy. And so when you look at the, the puppets who are running his campaign, who are running the administration like Susan Rice and others, uh, these are extreme liberals. They are really the ones who do not care about the average middle class and hardworking families. Uh, Vernon, real quickly, what is the enthusiasm? People are talking now about the enthusiasm level of the Democrats because Biden's had, quote unquote, a couple of wins, you know, these big spending bills. Is the enthusiasm level still as intense as it was in the spring among MAGA, among Trump supporters, among Republican voters? What's your sense right now in a place like the state of Georgia, which is critical? We need some victories down there. What's your sense of things? You know, isn't it interesting how the liberal media is propping him up as if he has these major victories, really major victories with the Reduction Act? When you try to talk to them in detail about how it's really going to reduce inflation, they can't talk about it. Really? Uh, when you talk about his policies on the border, when you see human trafficking, when you see methane and all the other drugs are coming into this country, really, it's a victory on his border policy. It's a victory on his policy, how he deals with China and Russia. And, and, and Iran, that's really a victory. Where's the victory? There are no victors. Those are smoke screens. And people can see through that. Let me tell you, they can see through that. But they will do anything. Listen, the FBI went to Facebook and to Twitter to suppress information. They were so desperate to get Joe Biden elected. They went and suppressed information. You've seen a lot of information being suppressed, and you've seen a lot of information being blown out when there's no, no substance there. The fourth estate and the deep state and the liberal democratic party will do anything they can to win. Why? Because they do not want us to pull that sheet off what's really happening when the Republicans take over. Uh, and I think that's a big enough incentive as it is. The American people want to see what was really going on with Hunter Biden's laptop. They want to see, they want to see the justice department and Merrick Gall and all the others. They want to see uh, uh, those agencies clean up. They want to get rid of the corruption. They see what happened if you can raid a president's home, former president's home, then American people, you don't think they can do it to you? Well, they And they have been doing it to them, but the agency was so big that the average Joe Blow, when his house gets raided illegally, they can't fight the whole government because it's their bank account against the United States Treasury's bank account. So who do you think is going to win? And so one of the great things about President Trump, he unveiled to everybody how corrupt the Justice Department is and how corrupt the FBI is. President Trump out of office is doing more for this country than Joe Biden in office because he's opening the American people's eyes to what's really going on with this country. Vernon, how do people uh, get to you? What, what's the website and what's your social media? Uh, they can go to Vernon Jones for Georgia, Vernon Jones for Georgia. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all those social media outlets. You can find me, Vernon Jones. Vernon, thank you. Uh, very profound. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Okay, let's go to uh, Jim Bognett. Uh, Jim, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Every time uh, Biden needs to be, do do some sort of performative act, he always goes back, it seems like, to your district or, or near it up in, in northeast Pennsylvania into the Scranton area. Give me your, give me your assessment of that speech uh, last night. Well, it was a complete and total joke. 
I mean, Biden comes back here all the time because he claims to be from Scranton, but he left here in the 50s. He doesn't understand what normal working people go through in Scranton and Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And that's why he comes off as such an elitist clown when he comes back here and he claims that they're, uh, the Democrats are for working people. We've seen nothing but leftist votes from my opponent, Matt Cartwright. He always votes with Biden. They're joined at the hip, and Biden came out and said it yesterday. He said the real reason I'm here is the campaign for Matt Cartwright. What, talk to us. How have the policies impacted? What's the status? I know what it was in, in 2019 under President Trump before the COVID virus hit. What is, what is the area like now economically? Well, we have a lot of problems up here. Illegal immigration has really destroyed our economy up here. Uh, we have uh, people that are competing with illegal aliens for work. Uh, that's not right. We also have out-of-control inflation. Uh, one of the things about uh, Northeast Pennsylvania, Steve, is people have some of the highest commutes in all of Pennsylvania and all of the country. Uh, we often have to drive 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half to get to construction jobs, to get to jobs on natural gas rigs. And because of the exploding cost of uh, gasoline uh, we, and diesel fuel, uh, we've seen uh, some real problems up here. We also heat our homes with uh, fuel oil, and that has gone up in price tremendously. Senior citizens all over Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Hazleton, East Stroudsburg are being crushed by the exploding cost of diesel fuel and fuel oil to heat their homes. And we lay that at the feet of Joe Biden, Matt Cartwright. They're out of control, $5 trillion of excess spending. Uh, they're letting the Federal Reserve Board uh, do some really uh, un unfounded, well, not well thought out things. And more than anything, uh, targeting fossil, fossil fuels, which have really caused inflation in that area. So the Biden-Cartwright agenda has really decimated northeastern Pennsylvania. As you go around and talk to people in the district, uh, and I know you're, you're a door-to-door -door guy, when you go talk to these small, you know, these town halls, these small groups, um, and you go door to door, knocking on the doors. What, what are the what are people telling you? What's the feedback? Uh, what are they telling you about their lives right now? And what are they looking for in a representative? They're looking for change, basically. They're looking for somebody to stand up to Joe Biden, not hang out with him as my opponent does. My opponent was, you know, bragging about that him and Joe Biden have been good friends for thirty years. That's not what they're looking for. They're really looking for a change. Uh, I've had people, uh, you know, really tell me in strong words that they're. Uh, really embarrassed by the leadership that Joe Biden and Matt Cartwright have provided. They can't believe that Joe Biden, who claimed to be someone who understands working class people, doesn't seem to understand working class people at all. They can't believe uh, that he's pushing uh, forgiveness of student loans uh, for people that are fortunate enough to have a college education, when many people in my district, by far the majority, the vast majority, do not have college degrees. So now you have people who work in coal mines, people who uh, deliver food, people who are truck drivers, people who work for FedEx or UPS, they are paying for the loans of people that are doctors and lawyers. It makes no sense. They're very disappointed. They don't believe Biden's kept his promises, but it's not shocking because Biden doesn't know Scranton or Wilkes-Barre. He left here in 1953. Um, he, he looked like he had an attack last night on, on people that believe in the Second Amendment and uh and believe in uh in having their firearms and the way he said it was in kind of a crude way about uh, having an f-15 or attacking people i mean it really boggles the mind to have a president of the united states that absolutely attacks over half the country and he's going to do it again on thursday night 
uh, what, from Independence Hall in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania down in Philadelphia. What, what, is your, what is your sense of what your constituents think when they see a, a guy who's the, uh, the head of the regime uh, sit there and, and actually trash talk them? Well, Joe Biden's a man who worked for Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, in 2008 and 12, he was elected with him. And Obama famously said that we cling to our guns and our religion. Well, my constituents, we proudly cling to our guns and our religion. We believe in God. We believe uh, in our Savior. We believe uh, that uh, morals and values in the Ten Commandments are important. So we're glad to have Joe Biden and uh, Barack Obama insult that. When it comes to our Second Amendment rights, uh, these are self-reliant you know, self people. Uh, we go out here hunting in northeastern Pennsylvania. We don't want to depend on anybody else for, to feed our family. So when you hear Biden really take aim at our Second Amendment rights, take aim at our religions, uh, it really, really rubs us the wrong way. And people aren't going to stand for it anymore. And that's why we're going to beat Joe Biden's lapdog, Matt Cartwright. We'd ask people to go to www.beatscrantonjoe.com. That will help me beat uh, Joe Biden and beat Matt Cartwright. We're sick and tired of the elitist up here. We want people to represent us who are one of us, who believe as we do, who value Second Amendment and First Amendment rights, value religion. And we're sick and tired of elitists like Matt Cartwright and Joe Biden who are out for themselves and not out for us. Uh, Jim, this is one of the most important races in the country. This is all bellwether. Uh, which way this, I said it in 2020, which way Northeast Pennsylvania goes, so goes the country. This district, this seat is uh, is is vitally important. We know you're in a tough fight, and that's why they're sending uh, Joe Biden, the head of the regime up there, to back your opponent. One more time, where do people go, and how can they support you? Go to www.beatscrantonjoe.com uh, to contribute. We could really use the, the posse's help. We We really need to go up against this guy. My opponent had a $2 million head start. It was stuffed into his pack by uh, Boeing and uh, companies like that down in Washington. Please go to bognetforcongress.com, or excuse me, Bognet for Congress on Twitter, Bognet for Congress on Facebook, Getter, True Social. Uh, we need those likes. We, we're speaking at the Trump rally on Saturday, so stay tuned to those social media channels. We'll have all of our, my speech up on that. But thanks so much, Steve, for fighting for the American people. We're going to have you back on. We're doing live pregame coverage of that. Uh, ben Burkham's going to be there. Real America Voice going to cover it live, and uh, we're going to be there. Uh, Jim, fight on. This one, the t your primary was tough, but this one right here, this is a tough one, but it's got to be one. Jim Bognet, thank you very much for joining us from Pennsylvania. Thanks, Steve. Went across the country and then went back. I think you see that the caliber of people that we have in this movement is unbelievable. And it's getting better every day. It's getting bigger every day. More people joining, more diversity, uh, and more strength. And I got to tell you, tomorrow night, uh, Joe Biden's speech is going to be a disgrace. We're going to do a lot of coverage of it because no no one's ever stood up and talked about people being uh, fascist in this nation. Okay, tomorrow morning, be back here at 10 o'clock in the war room.